Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. All right, last night of December. So, we have a special treat tonight. Megan is going to be wrapping up the month of December for us. So we have had an anyways meeting every time we've gotten together, every Friday in the month of December, where in this family, we just talk about it anyways. Like, okay, we all know all these things, but we're going to talk about it anyways. We're going to say it one more time. We're going to go over this again for the people in the back who didn't catch it the first time. (laughs) I'm in the back. So that's usually me. (laughs) So that's why we have our anyways meetings in this family, which is just so awesome. It's such an awesome opportunity because You know, sometimes a word can be released and then you move forward and it's like if you are not taking that word and eating of it and just like indulging yourself in it and, you know, taking it apart and seeing it word for word and diving into it in your secret time, diving into it every day, then you can really miss all that he has because there's, mom's talked about it, so many layers, 72 layers, right? 72 layers of what is released or anything that comes from him. There's 72 layers, so many mysteries to be found. So we take a break sometimes, and that just happened to be in the month of December, to say, we're going to talk about it anyways, and we're going to dive further and further and further into those layers. So tonight is going to be the uh, bringing together of all of the month of uh, November. Wow, what month are we in? December. September, October, November, December, probably, and bring it all together to release over us um, and just to really solidify and shore things up as we move forward. So we know right now we're in the middle of the night season, right? And he has said in the night season, you know what I'm talking about. So you know what I'm talking about. We'll talk about it anyways, right? So we've got six months out of the year. That's the night season. Six months out of the year. That's the day season. That's how the Hebrew calendar works. We are right now in the middle of the six months of night season. So in this time is when he releases dreams and strategies and vision to help move us forward into the day season. And so in this time, he has has said, I want you to solidify your role within this family. What, What he's brought you to this family for, he wants it solidified. Has anybody been feeling him stirring and working in you of like, what is my role? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm not alone in that, am I? Okay, (laughs) it's good to know I'm not alone. And so he is working at that because come the day season, he wants us to walk it out, not continue questioning, who am I, why am I here, what am I supposed to be doing? Because the day season, it's time to get moving. It's you lay down, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's time to move, right? Your night doesn't carry on throughout the day. And so um, come April, That's what he's saying. Time to wake up. It's that good morning kiss. It is time to move forward into all that he's releasing us into right now. All that he's pouring into us in this night season, it's going to be time to wake up and move forward in that. So tonight, Megan's just going to begin to, not begin to, but she is going to wrap up all that he's been releasing in December. I want to make sure I'm covering everything that I'm supposed to cover tonight. So, um, money. Gabe is reminding us of trading floor money. That's actually, we, thank you for the reminder. <laughs> Did everyone engage with the label? I feel like we need to go back to 6.30. <laughs> Welcome, it's Shabbat. <laughs> it's time to rehearse heaven. 
somebody was like, what does the label say? I'm like, I'm pretty sure we talked about it like three times, but it got a little crazy. And that's what family is. Sometimes it's a little crazy, sometimes it's a little loud. But it was beautiful to engage with love to send us into tonight, to engage with him and to have that inside of us. Um, Tonight, we are honoring the foundation of this home, which is our spiritual parents, the mom and dad of our home, the mother and father of this region, and we have sent them. So you're not gonna be hearing from them tonight, but you're hearing from a very close extension of them. Megan carries the father's heart. She carries the comfort of Ruach, just like she carries things that are sent just directly from a mother and father on earth that exemplify them through the brewers. And so we've sent them because what Yahweh said was it's time to restore honor to the foundation. Um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but on Monday, it is Kingdom Air's sixth birthday. It's our sixth birthday that we became a family, that this baby was born. And in the past six years, we have focused on the baby. We have focused on us. And this year he said, I want you to turn and remember the foundation because the baby would not be here had Justin and Tanya Brewer not taken their place, right? And so we recognize that. So tonight we send them um, and Megan is um, just a daughter who is willing to say like, I, I can do this, I've got this, I've sat at your feet, I've been trained well, and I'm ready to release heaven uh, over siblings tonight, over the rest of our family tonight. So Megan, you are ready. You hold everything that he wants to release over our family, and we appreciate all that you're willing to speak to. Megan is um, not not only always a voice in our family, but when there is a specific shift that is coming for our family, Yahweh says, bring Megan forward and have her speak to it. And it's like everything comes into such a clear picture and you can see and you're like, oh, that's what he's been saying. That's what he's been doing. (laughs) So Megan brings just such clarity to things. And I always tell her, I'm like, I wish I could speak like you. The way that you talk is so beautiful. And so it just, it just catches your attention and brings you into right alignment. So we're ready for you, Megan. I, I think we need a mic up here. Say thank you one more time. <laughs> Again? <laughs> okay, I unmuted myself. Thank you. <laughs> um, Missy, can you help me turn this around? I have some notes that we're going to get to on the back here. Yeah. I wanted to keep you in suspense and not reveal it until right now. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. I can move out of the way. Okay. Okay. All right. Hi, you guys. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to um, share tonight and um, to really uh, his intention for this evening, just to make it known and clear before we start, is to send us in as we prepare for engagement and we prepare for the day. So just like Missy was saying, um, talking about the night season and the day season because we follow a different calendar, that the day season is coming, that six month stretch 
that is declared over God's people as being a time where we are awakened. And there is a, there, are, there are so many words that have to do with sending us into the day. Um, but specifically for tonight, we are going to talk through some ways that we can be positioned properly as we get ready for the day to come and as we get ready to prepare for engagement. Engagement specifically is the next, if you guys remember, the next floor. So in the process, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us back for just a minute and then we'll go forward. So when we transitioned from religion into relationship, what happened? Well, a lot happened. <laughs> I was going to say one of the things, but a lot happened. And um, as we are um, as we are transitioning where we are now, it's been referenced. It's building. So for for that to kind of click, what that means is that when that transition happened, there was a lot that needed to be shed. There was a lot that needed to be laid down. There was a lot that needed to be cut off of um, basically the fruit of religion, how we were raised, growing up in the church, things that we, um, that we adopted as our own that truly were never his. It could be mindsets, it could be actual traditions, um, but those, those th ways we act, but those things, we walked out years of laying everything we knew down so that we could receive what we're receiving now, which is what we're calling the building, right? So we're literally, we're building his kingdom, we're building his culture, we're building his traditions the way that he intended them outside of that spirit of religion, that does not allow you full access to who he is. So when we talk about preparing for the day season and really where we are in general in this house and in the bride as a whole, because this isn't just happening here, there's a, there's a move that is happening of Yahweh and of his sons and daughters where they are stepping into the spirit of adoption, acknowledging, recognizing that they are sons and daughters who are meant to become heirs to the kingdom, who are priests and kings and are asked to govern and steward the earth. That's always been his intention, right? So when we talk about preparing for day, and I use terms like building, that's what it's in reference to. It's, it's building his kingdom on earth and rebuilding the structure that he's always intended the bride, the body, to operate within. That's what it means when we say we're building. Okay? Okay. So specifically this last... We're gonna talk about the season first, and then we'll talk about the month. So this last season, the night season, the word over the night season, just as Missy released, was specifically about our identity being solidified. So there was a great work that has been done over time, over these last years, five or six, even if you were not a part of this kingdom heirs family, there was a work that was being done that's probably just now starting to make sense. 
So, so the work that, that has been done has prepared us for, um, for this season. So the, the word over the night season was that the identity within family, in the family structure, is going to be solidified, right? Okay, so we've been walking that out the entire night season. Then the month of December came and he made his intentions known that in order to move forward in the day that's coming in April, in order to move forward, that we needed to be, um, we needed to be prepared and that there were some steps, remember the picture of the steps, that we needed to go over again or be reiterated to sure up the foundation as we prepare for the next floor. So one of the things that Yahweh has done in the building process is he's given us a picture that matches what's happening in the spirit when it comes to building, literally building the kingdom, that there are pillars, that there are floors, that there is a structure that's meant to be a representation of what's happening on earth in the bride that's choosing to rebuild his kingdom outside of religion. Okay, so we've had floors, We've had pillars, we've had stairs, and all of those have been a part of our process to rebuild. So every word has been a key or a step in the process. The pillars have been more like kind of, kind of foundational, right? You can't hold up a next floor without those pillars. So, so we've, we've, those have been emphasized. We've talked through those. I'm not going to go through those again tonight because there's something that he wants to specifically add for us to focus on in order to do well and receive fully in what's coming. Okay, but that's where we've been. The word over the, over the season and then the word over the month of December. Like Missy reiterated, the word over the month of December was we want to make sure that everything is shored up before we go into here. And so we had um, Apostle Tanya and we had Apostle Justin both this month release specific key points, words that have been released in the rebuilding that they felt needed to be heard again so that that shoring up before we get to the floor of engagement, that they are foundational to us, that they are tools on our tool belt, that they are revelations that have been fully received, fully experienced, and walked out. That's continual, but that we've started walking those out so that we can move to this because that's how he works, right? It's precept upon precept from glory to glory. And each revelation, each word that he brings or each aspects of those structures, they are all critical to supporting you as you move up or you move forward in knowing him, in connection, in maturity, in growth, in literally taking on his identity and becoming him, to be able to walk as him on earth. That's what all of those pieces are for. That's why it's so critical. We talked about that last week. That's why it's so critical that when a step or a new word or a new revelation is brought forth or he redefines something, 
and brings clarity or purity to something that we knew in the old. That's why it's so critical that we grab a hold of that, that we eat it, that we fully process it, and we begin to walk out. That's why it's so critical. Okay, so believing and knowing and trusting that this family is so hungry and that the bride herself is so hungry that she has done that work up until this point. That's not a, that's not a condemning comment in the sense that if there are things that still need to be followed through on, it's okay. It's, it's okay because it's an ongoing process. And we're going to talk through a little bit more of that because I believe that a lot of the foundational aspects that were presented are going to be coming in the day season, but in a different form. So there will be opportunity to walk those foundational things out in a, a more personal and deep kind of a way, in a really transformational way. There are some things that he wants us to safeguard as we prepare for that. And that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Okay. Because preparing to receive engagement and preparing for the day season is going to look like intense discipleship. Extremely intense discipleship, meaning when if we're introduced to engagement, we're going to recognize, this was released by Apostle Justin as well, but we're going to recognize the things that we have to disengage from in order to engage or pledge our loyalty to him. That's going to require some intense discipleship. Right? And then in, and then the day season in general is when we start to walk out strategy. The strategy of how do we transform, how do we get our hands on earth? How do we govern earth? Well, if it starts within me, that means that I am going to receive some intense discipleship in order to get my hands on earth and to be prepared to govern her. Okay? So, intense discipleship is coming. I know everyone's probably thinking, hasn't this all been intense discipleship? (laughs) Yes, it has, absolutely. But again, precept upon precept, glory to glory, and it is is our willingness to be discipleship, to be raised up, to be discipled, to be raised up, to become mature sons and daughters who then know how to govern, right? That, that is our life. I mean, essentially, it will always be intense discipleship in that way, which is why there are so few who say yes. What, that is why the gate is narrow, right? Or the road is narrow. Yes. Okay. So, Intense discipleship on its way, even though it's here. (laughs) Okay. All right. I am actually going to release a word over this house first. 
and then we will get into these, okay? These are how we're going to safeguard what's coming, meaning safeguard ourselves from ourselves, <laughs> essentially, and that's what we'll be, we'll be talking through. All right, but I want to release a word first. Okay, it's Hebrews 12. I'm going to read the whole thing because it's all good. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also get rid of every weight and entangling sin. Let us run with endurance the race set before us, focusing on Yeshua, the initiator and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of bloodshed. Have you forgotten the warning addressed to you as sons? My son, do not take lightly the discipline of Adonai, or lose heart when you are corrected by him, because Adonai disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son that he accepts. It is for discipline that you endure, God is treating you as sons, for what son does a father not discipline? But if you are without discipline, something all have come to share, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Besides, we are used to having human fathers as instructors, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? Indeed, for a short time they disciplined us as seemed best to them, but he does so for our benefit, so that we may share in his holiness. Now all discipline seems painful at the moment, not joyful, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness by, to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame will not be pulled out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue shalom with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue shalom with everyone and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and see to it that no bitter root springs up and causes trouble and by it many be defiled. Also see to it that there is no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his birthright for one meal. For you know that, I could say that one more time. For you know that later when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. He found no chance for repentance, though he begged for it with tears. Entering the unshakable kingdom. For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, into darkness and gloom and storm, and to the blast of a shofar, and a voice whose words made those who heard it beg that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not bear what was commanded. But you have come to Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, a joyous gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn, who are written in a scroll in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous ones made perfect, and to Yeshua, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks of something better than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. 
For if they did not escape when they refused the one who was warning them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns us from heaven. His voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, yet, one, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now this phrase, yet once more, shows the removal of those things that are shaken. That is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. I'm going to say that one more time. The phrase, yet once more, shows the removal of those things that are shaken. That is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Through this, we may offer worship in a manner pleasing to God with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Okay. So that's setting the tone for tonight, and it's setting the tone for moving forward. How do we safeguard what's coming. None of this is new, but we're going to go through it fully because what we're about to receive is so critical. Hold tightly to him and one another. Those are the three C's. Does everybody remember when we learned the three C's? I'm smiling because I love the three C's. Okay, can someone say them? Remember? Clinging, yes. Okay, I'll write them. Clinging. Connection, which we also kind of use interchangeably with communication, and consistency. Okay. When intense discipleship comes, the easiest thing to do and the thing that we, are, we have a greater tendency to respond in is to run or to hide or to stop short, to not see it through, right? We have so many different aspects of of the things that we use to basically like um, not be held accountable, we've walked through as a family. We've talked about blame. We've talked about convenience. We've talked about selfishness. We've talked about consumerism. I mean, all of these things have been a part of the shedding process for the bride. And so when intense discipleship comes now, we're going to have all of those 
those foundational tools to utilize and to stand on, and one in particular that will never, ever fail, it will never fail you, is to cling, to connect, and to be consistent in it. And that goes both ways. There were weeks of words on the three C's. So we don't have time tonight to dive into all of them fully, but essentially what it means is when you are confronted, when you are corrected, when your mindset is challenged, when your insecurities are highlighted or heightened and they're at their peak and you can literally feel them manifesting in your body and it feels easier to hide or run away or blame or not take responsibility or whatever, right? This is a tool that will save your life. Because when you hold tight, this was the visual he gave us when we went over this. To cling to something means you're literally holding on so tight that there is no, there's no space. There's no separation. There's no room. It's like, it's like you are conjoined and it's desperate. Clinginess on earth is like this negative, I mean, it is such a negative connotation. You are a clingy person. You are a needy person. I'm telling you, you were meant to be clingy. It is a heavenly principle to hold tight, but what do you hold on tight to? Because whatever you cling to, whoever or whatever you're connecting with, and you're consistent in it, because we are very consistent people. Bless you. I was waiting for another one. (laughs) But we are extremely consistent. It's what we're consistent in that establishes where we're going. Right? Or where we're not going, where we're staying. So clinging and that, that, that clinging, that desperate holding on to is Yahweh and one another. It's the family that he set you in, the bride. It is the family that when you chose him, he said, you are now a part of my sons and daughters and you do life together. That is a new concept. Not necessarily new in this house, but to the bride it is. We either operate one-on-one with him. These are, these are the two potentials when you're in religion. It's either me and him, which is what my life was, and there's no earthly relationship. It's me and him. I can't be sharpened by anyone else, right? I can't, re- I can't receive aspects of him on earth So I only know him in one way, right? Or the other potential is it's all me, right? That can be under the cover of him, but if it's outside of intimacy and connection and it's only a head knowledge, then really I'm performing, even if I'm performing for him, which could be honored, 
even though it grieves him. So we're meant to cling to him and we're meant to desperately cling to one another. And that is a hard concept. But we've done the work up to this point to move forward. If we hadn't, I don't believe that he would be releasing us into this. Because engagement is going to change everything. And what comes after engagement is going to change everything. Because again, it's precept upon precept, and they're all meant to literally push everything aside that keeps you from all of him. That's all, that's all that that is, that, that ascension, or that all, all of those terms, that's all that it is. It's literally moving those things aside that keep us from having full access, that keep the mysteries locked up and hidden when he's like, I want to be fully discovered. Right? But he's not because we fall short. We stop. Again, because the pressure of a process to become him is too great. It's too great. I understand. It is great. This will allow us to not only bear it, which sounds negative, but literally there are moments where it feels like I am just bearing the weight of this process, let alone walking it out beautifully, <laughs> right? Like there are moments where you feel like you are just bearing the weight and it's not meant to be bared alone. Yes, he carries our burdens, but he also has literally positioned expressions of himself in all of you to walk alongside one another. We've seen that image before of like somebody holding their arms up and they get tired and someone will say, well, I'll come hold your arms up for you. That's wonderful in a moment, but he wants us to do it daily. To be in each other's lives so that you can see what's coming. You can, you can safeguard one another's futures the moment that you're in your past, I'm, that's what that level of intimacy is meant to produce. That's what that level of connection and clinging on earth is meant to produce. So that we don't have to walk out the weightiness of, of literally shedding my flesh and becoming like him. I don't have to do that alone. I'm not, I can't do that alone. It brings us back into that cycle that we talked about years ago. Maybe it was years ago. Feels like years ago. <laughs> about the rescue cycle and why we don't see transformation in the bride, why we don't see transformation on earth, right? Because we get stuck in the same cycle over and over again. And he sends out another invitation for you to mature to a greater degree. And he says, okay, this is what it's going to cost you. And you're like, that cost is too great. That's what it means in the word when it says to literally focus on Yeshua, which is what brings us to number two. That when you feel like the weight is too great, that you not only fix your eyes on him and you do not let your glance or your focus deviate. I mean, think about eye contact on earth. I feel like that's a whole other thing that we could get into when we talk about fixing your eyes, like to be able to, to really focus, but to focus on Yeshua, 
in the midst of that feeling of I, can't, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly bear the weight of that or I couldn't possibly um, say yes to that. That one's pretty simple. Number three, remember. This is a huge, I mean, they're all huge, but remembrance. Does anyone remember what, does anyone remember when we talked about remembrance? <laughs> um, okay, there's a handful of aspects to remembrance. In the midst of intense discipleship, when Yahweh is asking you, asking, he'll never just, that's what's so incredible, is it's always by invitation. He will never like strip you naked with, without your permission, which also means that you will never be fully exposed or you will never have all of him if you don't say yes. Okay, but remembrance, there's a couple aspects. Okay, to remember who you are, and I'm talking specific, yes, individually, we are sons and daughters of the creator of heaven and earth. We are noble in that we are kings and priests who are meant to rule and reign on earth with him. We are meant to govern. Those are aspects of who we are. But also in this time, literally in this season of your life, why you were born now, and those who are walking in the bride now and who are receiving this revelation in terms of rebuilding outside of religion. For those who have said yes to that process, remember that you are transitionaries. That's something that has been released as well before we move to the next floor. This is what a transitionary is. This is who you are. You are transitioning the bride into a new lifestyle, a new culture, free from religion and rich in intimacy, where there is no separation. You are transitionaries. You are transitioning the bride into a new lifestyle, a new culture, free from religion, and rich in intimacy, where there is no separation. And remember as transitionaries, that also means that you are making way for what's to come. That's why we talk so much about legacy. 
That's why we emphasize so much who's coming after us. It's cliche to say, I want to leave the world changed. That's common, right? But that's a reality, that there's a hunger for our lives to mean something. Even in those who have not been introduced to him yet, there's a hunger for your life to mean something but not just for your benefit. I guarantee we could go out in the community and ask, poll everyone, and they would all have the same response, that they want to be remembered for something and that they want to know that their time on earth was full and it was purposeful. Right? Regardless of whether you're in him or not. That's a desire. It's a desire because it comes from him, whether you acknowledge the source or not, because he has appointed your days. He's appointed your times. And he has a word over, a banner over your life and over what you are meant to put your hands to on earth. And for us, Although there are individual aspects and part of what he's doing right now as the night season comes to an end is identifying like individual roles in the sense of what am I confident that I carry? What could I produce, right? That's something that we're walking out individually, but also corporately and for the bride as a whole right now We are transitionaries in this time. We have said yes to shifting or transitioning the bride, the church, out of one era and the way that they have known him, the way that they've known the world, the way that they've known the word, everything over here into kingdom, into this, into what we're doing. So sometimes... When you're faced with intense discipleship that will feel like you are being torn open and you are having to completely reconfigure the way that you walk, the way that you live every day, it can feel so overwhelming. But when you remember who you are, And in what I just released about being transitionaries, also what you've been called to steward, it can kind of like spark a fire when those embers are kind of going cold. Or when you're confronted with something that's so intense and so heavy and so hard, that's going to look different for everybody. For someone, it could literally be, I mean, it it could be, I don't know. Uh, friendship. Yes, Tassie. Um, And someone else could think, that's not, like, that's not a big deal. I know how to have friends or, I, I don't know. But for you, it could be like, I'm not coming out of hiding. I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. It's too painful. It's too hurtful. I've done that. I've been, bur- what, whatever, whatever it is, but that's your process. And those processes as simple as they could be, they are literally meant to launch you forward into having more access to him, more access to him in others, and more access within yourself. 
And big picture, it's not just about you. He's so good that it is, but he's so, so good that he wants it multiplied because he doesn't want anyone to be separated from him. He doesn't want anyone to not know how to have a friendship or to come out of loneliness or isolation. And if you don't say yes, well, there goes the next generation. I mean, it is that black and white because you are appointed for this time and you have said yes to being transitionaries. That's why you're here. That's why you're listening right now. That's why this resonates or connects with you because that's what you're called to. But it is dependent on you. And those who come after are dependent on you, on you literally facing that word where he's like, this is what it's gonna look like to walk out of isolation in a life of loneliness. This is what it's gonna look like. Well, when you think I'm not doing that, remember, what is it for? Again, he's so good that it will literally lead you to never having to be alone again. Never having to feel so hopeless in loneliness and isolation that you get to live the best life that you've ever lived and experience fullness and the richness that comes with intimacy and connection. But then, but then, then once you're transformed, you get to multiply. Oh my gosh, I remember what it's like to be alone. I remember what it's like to not know how to connect with someone. I remember what it's like to feel so isolated that I literally just wanted to die. I remember that. And this is what I did. Remember who you are. Remember what you've been called to steward. And remember what you've cried out for. We're so quick to forget what we have cried out for. Do you know what shuts down what you've cried out for? Is that pressure. The pressure that comes when he responds and he says, now put your hand to it. Here's everything I wanna pour out over you and say about your life. Here's everything, everything you cried out to, here's the answer. Oh, that, that answer requires a lot from me. That answer is hard. That answer is heavy and intense, right? And so immediately it's like, we'll have all of these, I mean, dreams of our heart. We will have all of these, all of these hungers, these yearnings, these desires, even just on our own behalf. And we will not see it to completion because the work that it requires, which is the difference between religion and relationship, right? Religion and kingdom, that's a huge difference. Because again, it could either be performance and works or me and him. So we'll quickly, when we're confronted with putting our hands to something, just like the vision with the stairs, where there were stairs that were incomplete and Yeshua's at the top of the staircase and he is watching over your process, safeguarding it, 
while he's literally, because he's so multifaceted, he's watching, he's safeguarding, then he's also like at your step. And he's like, okay, sand that right there. Okay, patch that, patch that hole. Patch that hole, it's not gonna hold your weight, right? So he's watching as he invites you and as Yahweh invites you in this process and it's your, pro- it's your process, meaning it's what you've cried out for. So let's go back to the example of loneliness and isolation, okay? Being alone. I've cried out to not feel that way. He's like, go back to that and you'll be able to go up another step. And you're like, I, I don't, I don't want to patch that. It's too painful. But you asked. Right? You asked. And it could be something that's seemingly minuscule, or it could be the most extravagant dream of your heart. Either way, it doesn't matter. They all require your hand, which is completely different from what we've known in the We've discussed this before, the pray and wait to receive, right? But because we're no longer in religion, it's different. It's different because you are not in works. So you are not working to get to him. You're literally responding and working with him to get you out of something and to get you to move forward. It's completely different. So in religion, we have that aspect of praying and waiting that God is going to do it all. And I don't need to put my hand, I just need to make the requests and desires and dreams of my heart known and they will just manifest. Now it sounds ridiculous. Right, because of where we, everyone's like giggling. (laughs) But that's the reality, right? It's like, I'm just gonna pray until, and then we had or have the audacity to then shift and blame. Which brings us back to when we talked through blame. We can blame one another. We can blame Yahweh. We can blame circumstance. We can blame this event in my life. We can blame So we can blame it all on whatever we want. But all it affords you is literally the step that you're on. Nothing. Which is why we see people repeat cycles over and over and over again. Or why we experience cycles over and over and over again. And then we blame and say, where where are you? And he's like, remember... Remember when you asked me? Remember when you cried out and I met you? Remember when I pulled you up and I said, we're going to do this together. This is what it looks like. Go call your sister. Go call your spiritual mom. Go call, right, go call your brother. I know, I know that's scary for you. But you're not going to do it alone. Right? And then the cycle has an opportunity to literally repeat itself. Because he answers, 
and you reject his response. That's not him. So remember what you've cried out for. Stay hungry. Have a drink of water. Okay. In the face of intense discipleship, which is always because he wants us to mature. He wants us to have all access to him. He wants us to move from glory to glory so that we can uncover the mysteries. He doesn't want to be hidden. He doesn't want to be unknown. Just like we don't. So when you're face to face with that process, staying hungry means that your hunger is greater than the pressure that comes with discipleship. Your hunger for it all, meaning for all of him, to uncover his mysteries, to know him, to govern earth, to reconcile every son and daughter back to him. That is what you've been called to steward, right? As sons and daughters, hi, that is what you're called to steward. So when you are face-to-face -face with that pressure and you have a decision to make, am I going to respond or am I going to stop short? Am I going to respond or am I going to hide? Am I going to respond or am I going to run? When it comes, your hunger for access to him and your hunger to see transformation, everything I just said, sons and daughters reconciled, earth being reconciled. Can you imagine when earth is reconciled back to him? That when that happens, your hunger has got to be greater. That's a, that's a big question because then it would lead you to like, well, what does it look, how do I stay hungry? Right? Okay, I got you. <laughs> that's where we're gonna go now. Uh, because that, that's true. How do I stay hungry? Here's some encouragement. Your hunger is natural. Right? How hungry are you for things of the world? Truly, it's okay. I'm not trying to trick anybody. <laughs> I just, I just mean, <laughs> Misty's like, not at all. Been on a diet for years in that way. Um, <laughs> no, but, but really, um, our hunger is a natural desire because we're his creation. So there's a, there is a hunger that has been in you before you were even born to know him and be reconciled fully to him for there to not be any separation. 
It's there because he's your creator. What happens is that hunger is displaced. Right? That's where intense discipleship comes and you're confronted, your mindsets, your lifestyle, your desires are confronted. Wait, is that your priority? Wait, is that what you're really hungry for? What's the source of that? I mean, those kinds of questions, they come in discipleship, right? So one way to continue in that hunger or to stir that hunger is to say yes when something's confronted in you. Because then as that thing, that, that filler, we could call it a filler, just going to go into that. That filler is stripped of you in relationship, accountability, what do you see, Yahweh, what do you see? Holy Spirit, Ruach, what do you see? Right? As that happens, the filler falls off. And all of a sudden, that hunger, it's still there. But there's no filler anymore. So you get to direct it to the source. And you'll learn how to do it. So your hunger has to be activated. It's naturally there, but it has to be activated because it's probably, I should say reactivated because it's, it's already activated in something. Probably a lot of things. And it could sound religious to say, you know, how much TV do you watch? Or, you know, th th things like that. Or when do you eat? Right? That's a big one. Because the hunger that comes is meant to be directed at him. And that hunger you will find as you say yes to the process to release or be stripped of those fillers, you will find that it is there constantly and it's insatiable. It's meant to be. And what will send you into the next level of glory is literally, so I'm so hungry for this. I get filled up in this and, and then you're like, oh, that was so amazing. I'm so much more hungry now. <laughs> every single time. And every single time he responds to your hunger by feeding you. By feeding you, by giving you something to drink, by being your sustenance, by being your source. And you eat it up and you drink it. And then you're like, oh, I have never, anything else that has tried to satisfy was so false. And then you identify it quicker and quicker and quicker because that genuine, like that, there's nothing more genuine than him because he's meant to be our ultimate source of satisfaction. We just haven't fully known it. And... We haven't fully known it because the process to shed those fillers is so hard. It's so hard. So it keeps us in that cycle. Can you guys hear cycle in all of this over and over and over again? 
And then we cry out for, to be broken out of the cycle. And he's like, yeah, this is how you do it. And you're like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. Do you have another option? And he's like, no. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> so we talked about that innate hunger, how to stay hungry. <laughs> I said, so see above. Because all of this truly, I mean, talking about staying hungry, sometimes when I am, str- when I am filling that hunger with something else, that revelation or that realization, it comes through this. I mean, this grants us access to this. We've talked before about hunger, multiplication, or hunger, transformation, multiplication. Do you guys remember that? Oh my gosh, I really like cycles. I'm realizing how many times I've talked about different cycles. Okay, let's see, okay. Hunger. Leads to transformation. It can. Yep. David, I remember us talking about that last time when I presented this. Hunger, transformation, and multiplication. Okay. And then it feeds back in here. Can you guys see that? So our hunger, when we say yes, leads to personal transformation where we become more and more like him every time, then when you become more like him, you can't help but multiply because that's all he cares about. That's all he cares about. He doesn't want anyone to be left behind. He doesn't want anyone to remain separated from him. That's all he cares about is having all of his sons and daughters on earth fully reconciled back to him. That's all. As a mom, as a dad, would you care about anything else? Then literally your children being separated from you for the rest of your life? Can you imagine? Can you imagine his heart? But it requires this of us for that reconciling to happen, for that to be multiplied. We have to be transformed first. Otherwise, you're going to multiply anyway. You're going to multiply what you are hungry for. This process can go two ways. I'm hungry, I become something, I multiply what I've become. That's what we see generation after generation after generation within the bride. It's what he's saved us from, it's what he's pulled us out from. Don't stop now. That 
is truly, that is truly my fear in moving forward in discipleship. Because it's always when the press comes, because the press is an invitation. And it's in the press that we have seen over and over and over again, no thank you. So we know what's gonna be rebirthed. We know what's gonna multiply. Which is why in his grace, he is, he, he's providing every single resource available. Every single resource that actually means something and will provide what you need. It's him and it's each other. But what makes it hard is that press will come in the form maybe of one another. So then we have offense and blame and all of those things that we're used to experiencing in the old. Maybe sometimes there was an opportunity for this to truly happen. But because we were stuck in our personal cycles, it was like, I'm super offended by that truth. Right? When really it's an invitation. But that also brings me back to like our questions and answers last week. We were talking about the word, how do you how do you trust someone? How do you know, you know, who you're supposed to who you're supposed to heed that kind of wisdom and direction from, right? Well, that is also a part of why this night season has meant to be a solidification of what he's done in this house and in the bride, that we were always meant to be placed in a family. Always, always meant to be placed after being rebirthed, literally to be positioned within a family. We're talking about a house, a house, a body meant to be positioned within a family that you can walk out the process of discipleship and growth and maturity that you trust, that you have intimacy with, that you are in covenant with. That is work. But it's a gift. Because offense will come and blame will, all of those things, because we're earthly, they will come, but it's how we move through it. Again, right here, I could choose at that moment, I'm holding on, I'm clinging, and that moment of offense, that moment of correction or accountability comes which, again, is what we've asked for. Or we wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be saying yes to being transitionaries, to becoming, to transform, to walking earth as him, right? We wouldn't have cared. So I know, I know that that was your cry. There's literally no way, or no way else you could be here other than that invitation in the spirit, Right? that hunger, that calling, that there's more, there's something else. There's something else. So when I'm clinging and I'm holding tight and I'm believing he set me here, okay? I'm holding tight. 
And then that word comes. Correction, accountability. Maybe it comes from Yahweh and you present it. Meaning it comes like uh, vertically. Um, It's going to come both ways. But you're holding tight to it and then there's offense. What we've always known is this. Always. Even if it's you being the one that's like pushed away. Either way, but it is that holding tight to allowing there to be no separation, even if it's within the context of we're going to have to work that out. I don't know if that was him. That's okay. That's okay, but don't let go. Don't walk away. The only place that sends you is back into your cycle. Back to the step you were on. Because the only thing that will get you there, that's why this word consistency, we didn't really dive into it, but it takes consistency. Isn't that your relationship with him? Why would it be any different on earth? If I'm not consistent in him, there's only so much that I can grab a hold of. There's only so much that I can learn. There's only so much that I can grow in. Right? If it's just here and there, I'm like, I'll hold on to you right now. But then I'm going to let go for the next two years. Or the next, you know, whatever that looks like in your life. You could be in a place where he's like, I want you to learn how to cling to me every single moment of every single day and what that looks like for you. But it goes both ways. Because either can send you back into your cycle or send you into this one. So I jumped around, but how to stay hungry is activating that natural inclination or that natural hunger that's been literally stored up in us because we're his. And that activation is going to come in relationship with one another and in relationship with him. And it has to be consistent. All right, well, I hope that that was encouraging. I feel like I end every single time I release with, well, I'm sorry, I hope that was encouraging. (laughs) But what is encouraging, what is encouraging, the truth is, is that he is launching us into a deeper level of connection and intimacy with one another and with him, and that we have the opportunity to put our hands to what has always been the desire of his heart. I I can't think about that too much in this moment, but for you to spend time reflecting what it would be like, because maybe that's something that could continue to stir your hunger or to to encourage you to plant your heels in, dig your heels in, and say, no matter what, 
I'm doing this. To imagine his heart that he has longed for that wall of separation that he literally sent Yeshua to reconcile and to rid us of only for it to be rebuilt. That we as transitionaries have the opportunity in our lifetime to rebuild the foundation of his kingdom on earth. To transform a culture to transform our lifestyle, the lifestyle of the bride. Can you imagine his heart, how much he's longed for you? For all of his sons and daughters. And that your yes, when you are face to face with pressure, face to face with that intensity, and it's heavy, and it's hard that you could reflect on his heart and what he's asked of you and what you have responded and said yes to. Don't stop when it gets hard. This season is going to be intense, but you are going to experience who he is and his intentions in ways that you never have before. There will be things reconciled in your lives that you have longed for, that you have hungered for, maybe even at such a, such a, like a, almost like a hidden level because there are so many fillers that it was, it was kind of like an inkling, like an inkling of a feeling. But I'm telling you, as those fillers are stripped, it is going to explode out of you and be completely uncontainable. And that is what's going to completely transform earth and release heaven now. <laughs> All right, what do you guys do when you're hungry? Eat, right? Yes. And it costs something, right, to order out, right? It's easy, but it costs. And then you eat, and then a few hours later, what happens? Oh, you're hungry again. And then you eat, and you pay money to eat, and then you're hungry again, right? And sometimes, like literally, the moment I come home, my kids are like, Mom, what's for dinner? I'm like, I have not even thought about that yet. It is not time. <laughs> like, give me a moment to think, right? But at a certain point, I, I remember when Jake and I first got married, we went to our favorite restaurant at least once a week. And I say at least, meaning sometimes it happened more than once. Right? And it costs a lot of money. <laughs> Consistency. Oh, by the way, you guys said it perfectly. We get hungry. Maybe we're hangry. <laughs> and then we eat. And then we get hungry again, maybe a little hungry. And then we eat. Okay, but at a certain point, you get to a place where it costs a lot of money 
to eat out all the time, right? And so then what's the next stage? Huh? You cook at home, right? Because it is, it, you can do more m- with your money when you cook at home. It costs less to make a meal at home than it does to eat out, okay? And so if it costs less, what do you have? More money. Does that look familiar? Yeah? Okay. But then I go one step further and I say, I don't just want to go to the store. What do I do? I've done this before at my house. Some of you might know what it is in my backyard. I plant my own stuff because what happens when I plant my own stuff? What does it do? It multiplies. I think of like Mark and Jennifer at their homestead where they've like built this farm or farmstead or farmstead was the thing that I, that was, that came to my mind. And so we can do more, even more with what we have when we get to this place of multiplication. Okay. The other thing I, I saw was when I'm hungry, if you think of like the old of like wait and pray, I'm not a part of the process, right? I'm just like throwing money away. But when we are engaging and I, the wait and pray, I was envisioning that even of just an old mindset of to the cross. Like that was actually a posture that we had of going to the cross all the time. And now we're at a point of coming f- from the cross because in our transformation, right? And then I imagine us, Clara, can I borrow you? Okay. Renna, come here. You changed your mind? You were like standing up ready. Can you hold my hand? And now I'm going to multiply because I'm not just, I'm going to go back to, I love you. I'm not going to just go to the cross again because it's cyclical, like, like what Megan said, but I'm going to come from the cross with someone else. And in that, there's that multiplication of us doing it together. Okay, so we're in this night season and this season of dreaming, right? Do any of you have dreams that cost money? <laughs> Jake and I, our hands are like, <laughs> Okay. And so there's this hunger, and in this hung, like our dream is like the dollars that we're talking about are kind of unbelievable to us, okay? But I don't want to just be hungry for it, and I don't, transformation is amazing, and there is growth in transformation, but I also see this element of multiplication. So the challenge tonight, this is our very last opportunity in the year of 2021 to sow into this dream. The dreams haven't necessarily happened yet. We're still in this night season where we're still formulating things and things are, you know, action plans are starting to be created. And right now is your last opportunity in this calendar year, so to speak, to be sowing in. And what 
level are you sowing into? Maybe that's, that sounds like such a bad word. Hear my heart in it, okay? Because I want, like Megan said, we, want, we don't want to just stay in the multiplication phase. We want to go back to the hunger stage and be transformed again and be multiplied again. So we don't want just one exponential curve. We want like lots of exponential curves. And so take this opportunity right now in this season of what Megan laid out for us of remembrance of what all we have talked about in this last month or this past season and take advantage of the opportunity to not only be hungry, but also transformed and multiplied, okay? Now, we've done this before, and I don't know, like, personally, Jake and I have done this before. I would encourage you to do this before also, or again, now, whatever. Not because I'm saying so, but because of the fruit that has come from those that have come before us. And that is whatever you're seeing in that growth, take advantage to sow into what you see in the future. Not what you see right now on where you are, but what you see in the, does that make sense? So go big or go home, I guess is my point. Because there's something big coming, like, what? That what's coming for Jake and I is huge and I wanna sow into that future. Does that make sense? Okay, you guys picking up what I'm laying down? All right, let's do it. You guys ready? Get your phones, get your cash, get your checkbooks if you still do that. I have a funny story about that, but. All right, if you are texting to give online or on your text, it is 928-288-4547. Almost forgot. All right, Yahweh, we just thank you for this opportunity to remember all that you've given us, all of those things that you provided us so that we don't need to be filled with excess but we can be filled with you and we can take those things and grow from them. And we just thank you that acknowledgement is the first step because that's when you, when we recognize that we have a need, that's when you can be the answer to that need. So tonight we acknowledge that we need, we need from you. You have so much to give, you have so much to offer and we don't wanna miss out on the blessing. And so we give, we give, and we give abundantly and we just thank you for all that you have in store for us as we move into the next. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.